Ray Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Lucia. Happy New Year from Repodcasting. Well, it's not 2020, but it will be when this airs and when people are listening to it. Yeah. Or maybe it'll be 2027 or any (laughs) time after. Who knows? People will go back through the archives. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think that's asking for a lot. (laughs) I have high hopes. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. And uh, today we are going to be recasting a movie that I picked because it's actually one that I really love. Um, so a couple of people have asked me, why do you want to recast it if you love it? But I actually, even from the first time I saw it, even though I loved it, I did always feel like a couple of the roles could have been cast a little better. Like a couple of people didn't quite fit what I would have pictured. So then what was it about the movie that you loved so much? Uh, I If you didn't, have if I, you, sorry, if you didn't really necessarily care for the casting of like a couple of the lead roles, what was it about the movie that really resonated with you or made you love it? Okay. So when I was, this came out when I was 16 And when I was a teenager, I was obsessed with the 60s. I felt like I was born in the wrong era. Um, And so, and I loved the Beatles. And there's a lot of, like, similarities between the Wonders and the Beatles. So I think I just loved the story. It was fun. It was light. The music was great. Um, The color, the look, the the era. I just, I was all in for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, So we just finished watching the movie. First time ever we watched it together. Well... Right? For this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I have to ask, what did you think seeing that thing you do for the first time? Well, I didn't mind it. I mean, it was okay. I don't think it's anything that I would necessarily ever watch again or that I probably would have even watched on my own. It's an old movie. Like, it's from 1996. Yeah. So it is pretty old. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was okay. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. Um, but I don't think I necessarily share your appreciation for it. Uh, definitely I agree with you on the casting for sure. Like I am, even while watching it, I was really questioning those lead roles and how they came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So the roles that we are recasting, I mean, I'll just throw that out now is the two leads in the band, which would be Guy Patterson and Jimmy, Tom Everett Scott and Jonathan Sheck. And then just to like balance it out and to capture like the, the main characters, we also decided to recast Liv Tyler, uh, Faye Dolan. I thought she was good. I thought she fit the look and the feel of the movie. And so I didn't feel the need to recast her. I just thought it would be fun. Okay, sure. Yeah. So should we talk box office budget? So the budget was $26 million, which I thought was a lot for 1996, yeah. considering that there are no, like, special effects or superheroes in this <laughs> movie. Like, $26 million seems like a lot. Maybe 
Tom Hanks gave himself a huge paycheck. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and the box office was $34 million. So I'm assuming that this movie did well yeah. when it came out. Like, I, to be honest, I don't remember when it came out. It never pinged my radar for any reason. So even in terms of uh, critical acclaim, I don't know much about this. Yeah, you know what I'm realizing? Do I you, did not look up. Do you remember if it if it was critically lauded or I don't recall and I meant to look up if it won any awards. I don't know because I certainly don't remember it making a big splash. Mm-hmm. 34 million is pretty decent in terms of box office. Yeah, but usually the budget doesn't include promotion marketing. So I wonder mm-hmm. if it made money or not yeah. at the end of the day. So Tom Hanks directed and wrote this is this the last movie that he directed? It's the first movie he directed. Okay. I don't know if he did any others. Let's, yeah. let's find out. I imagine Lucia he did. is Lucia's Googling all of this. I know. At the He's moment. directed eight things. Oh, he has? Yes. See, I'm not a huge Tom Hanks fan, so I really don't pay attention to what he's doing and and what he's up to and so i said eight things but it doesn't really count because the first four are tv series tv movie um and then that thing you do is the fifth thing he directed but the first film right then he directed the tv miniseries from one episode of from the earth to the moon Mm-hmm. He directed Band of Brothers and Larry Crown. So, yeah, he didn't do much directing. Oh, okay. All right. So, should we dive into casting? Recasting? Sure. sure. First, I'll just give a quick synopsis, just in case. I mean, as you said, it's an old movie and yes. it didn't make a huge splash, so maybe people don't really remember it. Although, I hope everybody watches it first. The synopsis is a local Pennsylvania band scores a one-hit wonder in 1964 and rides the star-making machinery as long as they can with lots of help from their manager. Yes. (laughs) I like that the manager gets a shout out in the synopsis since the manager is played by Tom Hanks. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we'll just take a break and then we will come back and do our recast. Tired of paying bank fees when you can't remember the last time you went into a branch? You spoke, ATB listened, and they've created a no-monthly-fee digital account with a line of credit that makes banking work for you. By doing most of your banking digitally, you'll avoid monthly fees and get unlimited digital transactions. It's 24-7 banking at its finest. Visit ATB.com today to sign up for a no-fee, all-in account and discover digital banking that works for you. And now back to the show. Okay, and we're back. Janet, would you like to go first? Well, I think you should go first okay. since you you picked the movie, so you go ahead. Okay. So I'll start with Guy Patterson, played by Tom Everett Scott. Tom Everett Scott has been talked about on repodcasting before. Yes. We recast La La Land only because of him, because other than that, we both like the movie. <laughs> I'm just going to interrupt you because watching this movie, the first thing that sort of went through my brain was I now understand why Tom Everett Scott didn't have much of a career (laughs) based on his performance in this role. This is kind of what I was thinking about him. Okay. Well, I think he was kind of an odd choice. I don't think he was that bad. I I thought he was fine. But I do feel like we could improve upon it. He's bland. He is. He's a little too bland, for sure. 
Oh, I always feel so guilty bashing anybody's looks or anything like that on this. You know, it feels kind of shallow and crummy. But I feel like this role, he needs to be a little bit more of like a heartthrob, you know? Why? Because he's in a band? Yes. Because people in bands are hot. And even sometimes I find myself being like, oh, that guy looks hot because he's got a guitar or drums or whatever. And I did not feel that with Guy Patterson's character. But here's the thing. Whoever actually pays attention to the drummer? (gasps) That's awful. No, but it's true. I like drummers. I don't know. Like, usually (laughs) the drummer is not necessarily someone that you zero in on. That's true. Like, he is, like, ridiculously, obscenely super hot. Because otherwise, (laughs) you're paying attention to, like, who's sort of fronting the band. Usually it's the singer or, like, the, you know, guitar people or whatever. Guitar people. Like, the, yeah, like, usually the drummer is not someone that you necessarily check out. I agree. I don't know. I, I, while I totally agree with that, I think because... Guy Patterson is kind of... Well, he's the lead character in the movie. That's true. He may not be the leader of the band, but even in some ways if they treat him like that. But he is the lead character in the movie. So I definitely want somebody a little hotter in that role. Okay. So I went with James Marsden. Oh, okay. Yeah. So And also, he was in Hairspray... He definitely sings. I'm not sure if he plays any instruments, but he he definitely uh, has musical talent. He also, um, do you remember the show Ally McBeal? Yes. So there was a bar that all the lawyers would hang out in and there would always be musical performances. He was a performer on Ally McBeal. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on a a couple of episodes. Yeah. And, you know, he's really handsome, but he does have kind of like a boy next door look. Mm -hmm. So he felt like a good fit for Guy. Yeah, I like James Marsden. It's funny, I often, when I see James Marsden, because I often forget about him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when I see him in different roles, I, I'm always like, ah, oh, James Marsden, because he seems so underrated. And I always wonder why he doesn't have more of a career yeah. than he does. Like, I almost feel like, you know, James Marsden kind of, even though he works consistently, mm-hmm. it's not like he's an out of work actor, not by any means. Right. But I always feel like he should be like a bigger deal than he is. I agree. And he, to me, has the look to like, he has, he's very cute. He's, he's always good in everything I've seen. He is. He's very talented. Absolutely. And so I agree with you that he should be a bigger star than he is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but maybe this could have catapulted his career. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I'm thinking too. Like maybe this was the thing that could have really like jump started him into being like a more of a, like a household name. Yeah. More of a leading man. Mm -hmm. Although he is the lead in the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. So then the next role that I cast was Faye Dolan played by Liv Tyler. Um, Again, I already mentioned, I think that I liked her in this. She was definitely doing a lot at that time. She was in Empire Records. She, she had kind of like, Armageddon would have been around this time, maybe a bit later, but, you know, she was, I think, a household name for teenagers at the very least. (laughs) 
Um, and I did like her in this, but I think that Reese Witherspoon would have brought something kind of fun to it. Okay. Yeah. Age-wise, they're about the same age. And Reese certainly has the, like, sweet, good girl feel. Um, And Pleasantville was a couple of years after that, but she was playing um, a character from the 50s or... Shoot, it's been a long time since I've seen Pleasantville. In what Pleasantville? She either goes into the 50s, she was a current character going into the 50s, or she was a character from the 50s. But either way, um, she kind of fit that look of like that kind of teeny bopper time. And Mm -hmm. I think that she would have been really sweet and fun in that. Okay. Yeah, I could see her in that role. Cool. Okay. And then for actually, I also had a second choice for Faye. Um, Alyssa Milano, I think I would have liked to have seen in this oh, role. Really? Yeah. Mm. The only reason that she wasn't my first choice is because I feel like around that time, she was more focusing on being the sexy bad girl. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Alyssa Milano's film career never really took off. No. Like she's always, and I'm not saying that she's a bad actor. I'm just saying that I think she, I don't know, like she never made that transition from TV to film. No, she didn't. And except in Little Italy. Yes. And yeah. (laughs) And I don't know. I just have a hard time picturing her in film roles. Okay. Like I think of her always, I associate her as like a solid TV actor Mm -hmm. she did get charmed like a year or two after this movie came out and then she was on that for a long time um okay so for the last role jimmy played by jonathan check again i feel so icky saying it but he's the lead he's the lead singer the lead guitarist he needs to be hotter really see it's funny that you say that because jonathan check was like people thought he was really hot back in the day yeah he was pretty popular okay I remember he was kind of a big thing or I don't know. That's so interesting because the first time I remember seeing him in anything was in that thing you do. And I literally don't remember seeing him in anything else since. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, he was a big deal. I just can't remember like, but yeah, because he was married to Christina Applegate. He was? Yeah, he was. And he was like this heartthrob that everyone thought was so good looking. Okay. I wonder if it's because of Christina Applegate. That I don't know. We, I, like, I can't remember <laughs> exactly what he did, but I do remember that he was yeah. kind of a big deal and people thought he was like really hot. Okay. Well, I went with someone who um, I think is better looking and certainly someone who like I thought was better looking in 1996. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. So looks aside, like what did you think of his acting? I thought he was very bland in this. The performance was bland. He wasn't doing anything interesting. He was very obvious i'm not sure what the right word is but it's like yeah you're the bad guy okay like he okay i don't know i didn't feel like he did anything all right special okay um so i went with ryan philippe Philippe. oh no (laughs) ryan philippe yes so he did cruel intentions and i know what you did last summer and i feel like that he is good at subtly being a bad guy kind of thing like you can see where he can be 
where someone like Faye would fall for him mm-hmm. and stay with him as long as she did. Because that guy was just a dick. The way that Jonathan Well, that's Sheck his character. It, yeah. For sure. But it felt like it was just way too overt and like just watching them together. I'm like, why would Faye put up with this at all? And granted, they've already been together for two and a half years, so we don't know how he was during the first year, two years, whatever, of their relationship, but I didn't buy it. And I feel like Ryan Philippe is a little more charming, a little more sexy, and so I could see how somebody might stick around longer than they should. (laughs) I think that's funny that... Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you picked Ryan Philippe because he is Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband. Correct. And this would have been before they met, actually, because they met uh, in 1999 uh, doing the Cruel Intentions movie. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So they would have met a few years earlier. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. Ryan Philippe, like, he's another one. I mean, he's had a career, Mm -hmm. certainly, But I always am sort of surprised that he's had a career because he's really not a good actor. Or at least you don't think so? No, I don't think he is. Like, I've never seen Ryan Philippe do anything that has been interesting. Oh, I liked him in Cruel Intentions. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I've never, I've (laughs) never really understood why. I mean, I do understand why he's gotten work because, you know, he was really good looking back in the day. And I think that steam certainly propelled him, Mm -hmm. right, into a lot of the roles that he had. But in terms of, like, acting, I've never seen him do anything where it's like, yeah, I I get it. I understand. And I don't know how much of a career he has now. I don't know. I think he was like on some TV show at one point recently. And I don't know. Yeah, I didn't look at his more recent work. Right, right, right. But also, I remember not that long ago, him having some troubles with the law. Oh, so I would (laughs) think that's why he hasn't been seen much lately. (laughs) Okay, so um, you started with Guy. Uh, with Guy Patterson, who was Tom Everett Scott, who, like, I understand why he hasn't had much of a career. And it's funny because we talked about this uh, while we were watching the movie about how he actually does a lot of these Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies, <laughs> which oh that is that is how Tom Everett Scott's um career has sort of devolved because they get that hallmark money <laughs> yeah well th- i mean listen those hallmark movies have a huge rabid fan base know, so, so weird to me. like you know obviously <laughs> there there is some money i guess in those i guess those projects are somewhat lucrative but it's interesting because like i don't know that much about tom everett scott's body of work like i don't know if that thing you do was sort of his first major role but like I said like I understand why perhaps his career didn't take off yeah it was his film debut he had done a few tv things but yeah because I don't know like I just don't think he brings anything really riveting to the table as as an actor like he to me he's very bland and absolutely like when I see him in these Hallmark movies I'm like yes you found 
your home. That's exactly where you belong <laughs> is doing that sort of work because I don't think that he has the ability to like elevate anything. So right. I didn't particularly care for him in this role. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think he did. I don't think much of him as an actor. So this is obviously the the main role in the movie, this guy Patterson. So I don't know, I find it interesting that the budget was 26 million. And yet, Tom Hanks didn't really have any big names in the lead roles. Yeah, I agree. Where did that 26 million mm -hmm. go? So I felt like the Guy Patterson role should have had like a bigger name. That's fair. So I went with Johnny Depp. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, that would have been pretty early-ish in Johnny Depp's career, but right. people would have known who he was. I mean, obviously he didn't have like the name power mm -hmm. that you know he does later on in his career but people would have already known who he was he was like starting to be um better known and johnny depp certainly has like he definitely has a an interest in music like he's yeah. got his own band now and he's yeah. been playing for years right yeah. so i would have liked to have seen what he would have done with the guy patterson role i think he could have played it and brought like a a different sort of energy to it he certainly would have been a more interesting guy patterson i think yeah. he would have imbued him with like a different sort of energy and i think he just would have done a better job like tom everett scott to me is just so bland and yeah. boring mm -hmm. and yeah so i would have liked to have seen what johnny depp would have wow. done with that and then faye Liv tyler i don't have anything against Liv tyler like i thought again i thought she was fine like she was okay uh and she certainly it's like you said like in the 90s i feel like she was sort of everywhere and she certainly was popular with teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she had like that period where she was like in everything and she was like a really hot commodity. Yeah. But I've never really thought that she had like major acting skill. Yeah. She's very pretty. Yeah. And, you know, obviously... I'm sure that's why she got a lot of the work that she did, right? She's mm -hmm. very attractive, but... Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. I don't think that she's... She's not somebody who I would call out as a bad actor, but also she's not someone who I would point to as like, wow, she's such a good actor. Yeah, no, no, no. So I wonder if, you know, she got the role because she was just kind of popular at the time. And I don't know. Anyways, as we were watching it, and I mentioned this, and I don't understand why Charlize Theron wasn't cast as Faye. Because I think, like, obviously Charlize Theron wasn't well-known yet yeah. at that time. Definitely. So I guess maybe they wanted an actor in the role who had, like, a little bit more name recognition. But I think Charlize Theron is certainly a better actor yeah can't argue there. um <laughs> when you compare her to Liv Tyler and I think she would have been a really good Faye like I would have right. liked to have seen what she would have done with Faye I think she would have done 
more than what Liv Tyler gave us. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's so great. Um, so yeah, Charlize Theron is in this movie in a much smaller role as Guy's uh, girlfriend in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I did just want to mention, since you brought her up, that because um, she hadn't been in much at this point, right. like almost nothing. And Tom Hanks wrote on her script that he gave her for this movie, no matter what, I will always claim to have discovered you. Because he oh. apparently when he saw she was the first person cast in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And I guess like when he saw her, he was like, oh, she's going to be a big star. Mm-hmm. Well, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think she I think maybe she was a bit wasted in that role. And I yeah. get it. She like she probably hadn't done much. Mm-hmm. And so she was relatively new on the scene, but I think she would have been a better Faye, yeah. in my opinion. And then for the Jonathan uh, Sheck role of Jimmy. So I didn't mind Jonathan Sheck in the role. Like, I don't know that I agree with, with what you were saying. Like, I think the role, I we're certainly not supposed to like Jimmy. Of course. Jimmy is, I think, sort of that classic, like jerk of the band Mm -hmm. who has like the super big he's the justin timberlake (laughs) of the band okay (laughs) um so to speak so he's like the guy who has like the really big ego and he's the difficult one (laughs) and he's the one who you know is like from the start you know jimmy is going to be the one who has like the massive ego and he's going to be a problem Mm -hmm. for the band so I thought like he did a, a pretty good job channeling that because you're certainly watching it going, God, I hate this guy. Or at least <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, yeah. this guy is a super jerk. Like I am not liking him. So <laughs> I mean, in that respect, I think Jonathan Sheck did his job because okay. you're not supposed to sympathize with the character, I don't okay. think. Okay. Um but again, like I don't know. I feel like it could have been a bigger, maybe not a bigger name, but like why Jonathan Sheck? It just seems like a random choice Mm -hmm. for that role. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I feel like I didn't do enough research on Jonathan Sheck. I don't know what he was doing back in the 90s, but like the fact that he got the role, I think is kind of of interesting yeah anyway this is probably not an obvious choice i Uh think you're gonna laugh at this one but i actually went with john stamos (laughs) i know lucia's face is awesome right now oh no but yeah because you know john stamos does he's a drummer isn't he you should have cast him as guy he sings too he sings because john stamos has been in a um oh what is it a beach boys cover band oh okay for he's been part of that for many many years and like let's face it uncle jesse used to jam (laughs) on full house but you know what for some reason when i like see these like super arrogant characters i always think of john stamos (laughs) because john stamos to me has like that 
he has that presence that sort of he carries himself like that i could see him kind of being like a difficult ego monster and like i don't know was jonathan sheck any more of a a star than John Stamos was in the 90s. No, not at all. So, I don't know. Like, John Stamos, I know a lot of people. He's never really made that transition. He's another yeah. one. He's never really made that transition from TV to film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he could have played this role. That's, I don't know. I, I for some reason, funny. while I was <laughs> watching me. it, I was thinking I could really see John Stamos in this role. I don't know why. I think where I'm really struggling, because there are, like, in some ways, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, the arrogant part, yeah, and he is good looking, and he was a bigger name, and he, he can He sing. is good looking. He's got good hair. Even to he this day. Hair. Even to this day, <laughs> yes. John Stamos still has an amazing, like, a head of hair that people are jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> now, the character... Okay, so at one point in the movie, they lose their bass player to the army. He, like, right. takes off. And they bring in a guy to Wolf. play bass. Wolfman. Wolfman. Wolfman, to me, looked like he was 15 years older than the rest of them. And he just kind of, like, looked a bit odd. But I know why they brought him in, and it was last minute. Right. I feel like... John Stamos would look like Wolfman there because isn't he quite a bit older? No, John Stamos, you would have to Google it, but I believe in 1996, John Stamos would have been the right age for this role. Okay. Um, I will check. He's not as old as I think you think he is. Okay. I know he's a grandfather, but it's totally possible that he had kids young and his kids had kids young. I don't know. John Stamos isn't a grandfather. John Stamos just had kids. He just but had didn't a baby. he just ha- make a show about being a grandfather because he is one? No. Okay. John Stamos okay. just had a baby like a couple of years ago. That's his first child. No. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. You can Google all this. Sure. But yeah. No, no, that's great. Yeah, John Stamos. Congratulations, John Stamos. <laughs> yeah, John Stamos, I'm pretty sure, is like in his, if he's in his early He's in his early 50s. I know that. So, I mean, 1996. Yeah, I think he, he would have been... I think he would have been a little too old, but... Yeah. Well, how old is Jonathan Sheck? Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, Jonathan Sheck had not done much before that thing you right. do. I just checked it out. So, he was born in 69, Jonathan Sheck. Okay. So He was a little too old for the role, too, if you ask So, me, I'm but. pretty sure they're about the same age. I said 69, right? Yes. Lucia is Googling all okay. this stuff. John Stamos is six years older. Yeah, it's so not, not a, a ton. Yeah, it's yeah. not that much of a difference. Okay. Um, wow. I'm, I'm. You're struggling with John Stamos. I am. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So I did find, like, some interesting facts about this movie because the four guys who were cast as the band, they rehearsed for eight weeks before they started filming to have them feel like a band, right. to have them know how to hold instruments and this and that. Tom Everett Scott had never played drums. Jonathan Sheck had never played guitar. So they, you know, learned some basics. But then they don't play on the actual soundtrack or in the movie or anything like that. And they don't sing, apparently. Oh, okay. Or I, I don't know. I Because I read that Mike Viola was the one singing. 
uh, lead vocals because I do think Steve Zahn was singing and I think he is a or I has know. sung before. But yeah, so I read that Mike Viola didn't get credit for singing because so he's listed in the credits with just the title additional vocals, but he was the lead singer and he was mad about that. But they had wanted to create the illusion that they were like a real band. Wow. So yeah. Tom Hanks screwed Mike Viola over. Sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then one thing that I thought was just so cute and sweet is that Steve Zahn was the best man at Tom Everett Scott's wedding later. So I guess they got along really well on this film. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and then the title song, That Thing You Do, the studio put out, like, they held a contest and asked songwriters to write the song. I don't know if they already had titled it. But anyway, they, they were looking for songs. And then Adam Schlesinger, who is the bassist for the band Fountains of Wayne, is the one who actually wrote That Thing You Do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the song That Thing You Do is heard 11 different times in the movie, only twice in its entirety, but like, you know, in various clips and things like that. And I don't know about you, I find it super catchy. Well, it is catchy towards, yeah, I mean, after you've heard it like a million <laughs> and one times, it feels like anyway. Well, I it like it. It is somewhat catchy, yeah. It's a song that is currently on my iPod. None of the music that is used in the film, not just by the Wonders, none of it is actual songs from the 60s. Um, I guess the rights were too expensive. Where did this $26 million go? I don't know. I, I feel like we need to audit this budget. <laughs> Agreed. Because All it these was, years later. Yeah, because it was a lot of, like, first-time actors. There's no way they were getting paid a lot of money. They didn't pay for song rights. They didn't have elaborate locations mm. or anything. It's very bizarre to me. One more thing. Did you notice um, Ethan Embry was playing the bass player? Who is Ethan Embry? Uh, he was also in Empire Records. He was also in a movie called oh, Can Hardly Wait. Okay, okay, yeah. So, do you know what his character was named in this movie? No. He had no name. Even at the end, uh, when it's saying, like, Guy and Faye went yeah. on to do this, oh. it said, for his title card, it said, TB Player went on to do this. The bass player. Oh, he had no name. Okay, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's so funny. I don't know. I I know that it's not. This isn't some groundbreaking film. It's not. I don't know. For me, it has lasting appeal, but it kind of it very much fell out of. You know, it's not something that's really talked about a lot. Right, right. But I find it so charming. I don't know. I really like it. Well, I mean, it's yeah, like it's it's a cute movie. Like I just I don't think it's maybe as popular as it is for you. <laughs> As it is for the rest of the world. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, honestly, if you hadn't had this movie, like, downloaded onto your laptop, I didn't know how I was going to watch this for the podcast because yeah. I couldn't find it anywhere. Like, I'm sure if I wanted to pay to download it off of Amazon or whatever, I could. I would have yeah. no problem. But other than that, it's it's not one of those older movies that is sort of easy to to necessarily find. I agree. And even like I used to have a ton of movie channels as part of our cable package. And this is not one that would ever pop up. Like, 
I don't know, there are other movies from that era that you'd see every once in a while. Like, even mm-hmm. I watched Empire Records not that long ago because it came up on the these channels. That thing you do never seems to appear anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the other couple things I wanted to mention is that the Hanks, most of the Hanks family is in this. Right. So uh, Colin Hanks has a little, ca- not even a cameo because he doesn't speak, but he's the usher, um, ushering Liv Tyler into the Hollywood TV thing. And uh, Tom Hanks's daughter Elizabeth is also in this. And then uh, Rita Wilson is in it too. Oh, and Tom Everett Scott was almost not cast because when Tom Hanks was, you know, looking at people, he thought Guy Patterson, or Guy Patterson, he thought Tom Everett Scott looked too much like him. Like who? Like himself, like Tom Hanks as a young man. Okay. And so he didn't want to cast him because of that. And then I guess Rita Wilson was looking at the different, um, like the video auditions or whatever. Right. And she was like, oh, this guy, he's cute. He's good. You should cast him. But of course she thought he was cute. He looks like her husband. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Tom Everett Scott lucked out with this role. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he really wasn't able to turn it into like success for himself i don't know yeah he just to me he doesn't really bring much to the table Mm -hmm. no i get it that's totally he's he's easily forgettable that's for sure yeah he is he is yeah were there did you find uh if there were any other actors that were considered for the role for no i saw i guy patterson you know, I wonder if maybe they were specifically looking for someone without a name because right. I did watch a couple of videos of, you know, people talking about the making of this movie and no other names came up. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, all I have left are the ratings. Did you? Sure. Have okay. Go for it. So on IMDb, this movie with 22 critic reviews got a 71%. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, there are 57 reviews, and it got a 93. Wow. So obviously someone (laughs) liked it. You're not alone, Lucia. Yeah. I am not a – I want it on the record. I am not a critic on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not (laughs) bumping that number up. But, yeah, I think you've said it before that Rotten Tomatoes feels like it's for millennials. So maybe it's, like, people who grew up watching this movie when they were – I don't know. know. At crucial years. You know what? It's funny because I do remember when this movie came out and I was probably, I was no longer in college. I was done college already, but I had a couple of guy friends who um, really loved this movie and one of them was a huge Beatles fan. And so I think that was one of the reasons that he connected uh, so fiercely with this movie. <laughs> but also, guys really seemed to be into this movie because of Liv Tyler. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Liv Tyler was, like, a big deal. You know, yeah. uh, the guys loved her in the 90s. And mm. there was no guy that didn't have a crush on Liv Tyler. So yeah. I feel like she was certainly a draw. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I don't have a crush on Liv Tyler. I love the Beatles. (laughs) That would be where my connection is. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we'll take a break and then we will come back and do our final segment. 
Hi, my name's Kyle Marshall, and I'm the host of Putting It Together, a show that's part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. It's a show that's going through Stephen Sondheim's entire body of work, show by show and song by song. Now, if you don't know who Stephen Sondheim is, that's understandable. Not everyone is a super fan like me, but you might know him from this. I feel pretty. Or this. Send in the clouds. Or this. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. I would go so far as to label him the Shakespeare of our time. Each episode, I invite on a guest and we discuss the lyrics of the song, the interpretations it's had, and how it affects us as people. It's more than just a show about the music. So come along, every Wednesday a new episode is released. I can't promise you'll feel pretty afterwards, but you will be entertained. And we're back, and it is time for... Hold me close, young Tony Danza. Nice. Audio was working today. Okay, it's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. So I can go first. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a bit of trouble figuring out where to put Tony Danza in this movie. Okay. And I landed on a very, very small role, but I think it would fit him. He would be playing Freddie Fredrickson, who is the singer at one of the like fairs that they oh, go to, and he okay. sings the song Mr. Downtown. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You made Tony Danza a performer. Absolutely. So I cast Tony Danza as the band's first manager. No. <laughs> yes, the one with the camper van. <laughs> Who was making, he was making them stew in his camper van because I immediately pictured Tony Danza in that paternal sort of role, fixing stew for these guys, taking on like this leadership role, this mentor role where he was, you know, like trying to guide them. And I want to see Tony Danza in a camper van. <laughs> um, that's a great reason. But actually, I really love that. <laughs> I love that casting because that guy, nothing against that actor, but when he first comes on and they're in a camper van and they're signing um, t- for him to be their manager, it feels kind of like ominous. No, like this is going to go badly. This guy's going to screw them over. I don't know. And then at the end of the day, he's making stew for them. He brings them over to a bigger Mm -hmm. name when he's like, you guys have outgrown me. So he was actually a pretty nice guy. And so I'd love to see Tony Danza in that role. Well, I would buy it. Tony Danza is a nice guy. Exactly. Nice. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So that would be it for that thing you do. Yes. You never have to watch it again, Janet, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I, I would not. Re- well, actually, you know what? I would recommend it. I mean, if you are a Beatles fan, if you're a fan of Liv Tyler, <laughs> if you're a fan of Tom Everett Scott, <laughs> if you're out there, Tom Everett Scott fans, then you should definitely watch this movie because you will you will love it. I would guess that anyone who is a Tom Everett Scott fan has seen this because it's his only major role. Right, right. <laughs> so if you're a fan of him, it has to be from this, right? But yeah, I agree. Any Tom Everett Scott fans who haven't seen this, do yourself a favor. And yeah, watch like it. stop watching his Hallmark films <laughs> and tune into this film that actually like 
could have been a, a career maker for him, but yeah. wasn't. And hopefully you can find it to watch it because it's a hard movie to find. So that's it for us. And next month's movie will be a surprise. No, it's not a surprise. <gasps> for February? Yeah, oh, February. We, well, uh, February will be our Oscar. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, our Oscar episode because the, the Oscars are actually earlier this year. They're happening yes. in early February, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be recasting The Lovely Bones, oh, yes. which is uh, a Peter Jackson film. Uh, I don't know the year, but it's easy to find. It's it's not that old, the movie. So uh, yeah, definitely watch it and we'll be recasting that for February. Okay, so before we sign off, The Lovely Bones and Winter's Bone, I always get mixed up. Is this one the one with Saoirse Ronan or the one with Jennifer Lawrence? No, it's the one with Saoirse, Saoirse Ronan okay. stars in it, as well as Mark Wahlberg. Oh, no. And Rachel <laughs> Weiss is okay. in this movie as well. So it's The Lovely Bones. And it was directed by Peter Jackson, who okay. everyone knows him from Lord of the Rings. Okay. I look forward to recasting Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> in anything <laughs> nice <laughs> okay great well thanks janet thanks lucia yeah i'm so glad we were like in the same room yes. this time absolutely all right and we'll see you next month watch the lovely bones and recast along with us bye bye looking for tickets to major sporting events concerts or theater events in your area use the ticket resale site seatgiant.ca Seat Giant is Canadian-owned and operated, and they guarantee every ticket. All of their ticket prices are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. You can use the promo code APN, all lowercase, at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. What does the APN stand for? Alberta Podcast Network, of course. So find more than a million tickets at seatgiant.ca and use the offer code APN to get 5% off at checkout.